Welcome to No Shame in the Home Game, a podcast that cares how your home feels, not how it looks. I'm Lacey, your not knowledgeable co-host, your hot mess co-host, along with Sarah, your life having together and knowledgeable co-host. Hi, Sarah. Hi, Lacey. First of all, I think you gave me way too much credit for having my life together. I have a vision of how my life could be more put together. It's just having the time to do all the steps, but I've got great ideas. And I would say you are the raspy, mysterious co-host. I love what your voice has going on. It reminds me of Phoebe in that Friends episode. Where me she's too. Like- I have the same relationship <laughs> with my voice where I'm like, oh my gosh, I am really sexy. Like I can't even handle it. And then, but at the same time, I'm also real I, realistic that I'm like, oh, I probably sound like a diner waitress at a truck stop who's been smoking 12 packs a day for her whole life. I don't know which one. No, no, no. I'm thinking I want to almost temporarily rebrand this podcast. It's like <laughs> your home late at night, Sarah. <laughs> I love it. Just a cold that okay. has gotten into our home. And of course, I'm the one who has it worse because that's fine. It's cool. We we can deal with it. It has been really interesting. Last night, I couldn't read Isaac books for bed. Joe and I switch off on that. And I was trying to explain to him, I'm like, buddy, my voice, I lost my voice. And he was like, where did you put it? I was like, oh, okay, we have to explain this video. And he was like, okay, okay. He's like, yeah, that's why your voice is squeaking. (laughs) Thanks, buddy. Love you too. It's also been interesting to explain sore throat and losing your voice to a four-year-old because I never realized I would have to do that. I I actually have found it, it was hard at first trying to, I call it kidifying, like trying to kidify certain things. At first I found it very tough. Mm-hmm. And then now I it's to me, it's almost like a riddle. Oh, how do you take this extremely complex topic and make it age appropriate? I I do have to say that's the thing that I love about parenthood is how you come across these situations that you're like, this is not, I did not anticipate having to talk about this. How many times I've had to yell, put your penis away. Just little things like that. Like when my grandma passed away, lots of comments Uh about death and grief and, but then explaining what it means to lose your voice. Like I just, it's so many things where, okay, hold on. I got to think about parenting is wild. Parenting is wild. That's what I always say to people. You cannot explain the job of parenting beforehand. You truly, there's no way, like you said, the whole like put your penis away. Oh, yeah. I'm telling my human being that I created that you cannot be naked on top of the dining room table during dinner. I have to emotionally regulate myself and explain that calmly. That's a part of parenting you cannot explain to somebody (laughs) pre-parenthood. You so desperately don't want to mess them up. You don't want to like make it too big of a deal that they have body shame. It is such a a bizarre tightrope to walk down. That's a bizarre tightrope. Yes. Yeah. Just a sore throat can also create that. It's been an interesting week. It always is an interesting week. But this week, uh, No Shame in the Home Game, we are back to our friend Alex. Last week, we talked to Alex. She was uh, feeling a little overwhelmed in her first week of stay-at-home motherhood and home management. This episode, we're a few weeks past that, learning about the day-to-day of what it actually looks like for her and how that really changes what she thought she would need. It's very interesting to, to hear that transition of the 
anticipation to this is what it's really like. And I really enjoyed being there with that transition with her because so often when I work with clients, they're in a situation that is repetitive and is not working, right? Yeah. And this was oh, you're actually creating a whole new rhythm, her forecasting and then seeing how it unplayed. But for those of you listening, it's a really good thing, like key in on thinking about the rhythm of your day and thinking about what things are routine. What are the things that are routine that that you don't think about or overlook that might be building up over time? Or the things that are working that you can pull into. And I really, what I really enjoy about this conversation with Alex is visualizing energy flowing through her house. I know what her house looks like, so it's a little easier for me. But you can see how, I think at one point we talked about maybe a solution here would work. And you were like, no, that's not, that's too far away. That's not going to work. And I just... It has changed my perspective and thinking about how energy flows through our house and that solutions don't have to be in the quote unquote right place. They have to be in the place that you need them. And I think that is also something that really was a big takeaway for me. That's something I learned from our other guest, Sarah. She heard someplace and passed on to me, which is it's easier to change habitat than habit. When we came up with a suggestion, it's no, you're not already, that's not part of your pathway. Like we would have to change your pathway. No, let's just change where you're already dropping things. I like that too. Let's jump into our conversation. (laughs) Hi, Alex. Hey, guys. Hi, how are you? Good. I'm just in the boardroom at the YMCA. Awesome. I love it. They let me use that. Awesome. Oh, I love your so like great. that you've carved out this time every day. Is it every day for yourself? Yeah. You know, the girls um, are in daycare. They go to the YMCA childcare. Yeah, we've pretty much just kept it. I quickly learned. I mean, because they'd been in daycare since, you know, maternity leave was over. So they were so used to like fast mornings of waking up, eat, get dressed, get out of the house. So we tried leisurely mornings and they didn't know what to do with themselves. And so it seemed to just work best when we all left the house at the same time and they went into some semblance of their old routine of going to a classroom with teachers and other kids. We come every morning for like an hour and a half. That's great. Yeah, I don't know how it took me this long. We've been a member of the YMCA before, but never utilized the childcare aspect of it. And it's amazing. Yes, we lived at, our family lived at the YMCA. When we moved here, I didn't know anyone joined the mm-hmm. YMCA the first week. And we were there six to seven days a week doing some something somehow somewhere. Mm-hmm. Just- yeah, we'll be back this evening for my daughter's gymnastics class. So yeah, we're big fans. So how long has it been? How many weeks that have you been home with the girls full time? I feel like this will be the ending of our third week together. Yeah. Third week. Have the have the girls had any feelings, insight, reflection on the new system, on the new, like the new routines? Yeah. I mean, they love spending time with me for sure. They're enjoying that a lot. They did, though. I could tell they missed time with friends pretty early on. Babs, not if she's two, that's a little more flexible, but Birdie, the four-year-old definitely missed socializing with kids her age. So that was also a big motivator for coming to the YMCA and stuff too. There seems to be similar kids there 
every day in the morning. A lot of them are somewhere between three to six. So that's been really nice. And just it's motivated me to to make sure that we carve out time to where we're somewhere where there's going to be other kids her age because she's just very social and I don't want to be her only friend. (laughs) So (laughs) that is very healthy. I love that. And Birdie's a force. She is a force. So yeah, she needs some other people to boss around. I love that. That is so great. So now that we're at the end of three weeks, this is a great capture point because two weeks can be a honeymoon. Three weeks is Mm -hmm. stuff's getting real. What did you think it was going to be versus what is it? And whatever it is, like just all of it. I really thought it was going to slowly evolve into the Instagrammy Montessori school like videos and photos that I see in some ways where I'm like, oh, yes, it'll be like a lot of independent play and the girls will learn how to play with toys together or do arts and crafts together. I might be there to guide some things, but it'll be like I'm running this little Montessori school. Now, I didn't really think through how we would get to that. Like it would just organically look like that maybe somehow. That is not what it's been looking like, which is fine. We are on the go. We are not spending a lot of time in our house, which I quickly learned was probably for the best. Like they thrive. I knew we wanted to spend time outside. We are spending a lot of time outside. It's also really good weather. We haven't had a five days of rain or anything right now. It's like highs of 73 and sunny. So it makes sense that it's been heavy outdoor time. But yeah, we pretty much, we come to the Y first thing. We spend between an hour to an hour and a half here. And then we do what we call a field trip. So we are at a park or at a friend's backyard, or we go to the nature center or different nature center a lot. Just anything like outside that is caters to kids pretty much. And then my youngest still naps pretty substantially. So then we do go home between one to four and she naps that whole time. And then the older one does an hour of quiet time. And that's where I attempt to clean or organize something in that time. Sometimes it's working. Sometimes it's I'm a little bit exhausted and very little is getting done. And then Birdie pretty much demands my attention after that. So that's when we do like in arts and crafts, or we garden, or we, she does really well with some sort of a job or a task. So we do something together during that time. And And then wake the youngest up at 4.30 and my husband's there by five. And then do you go right into dinner routine at that point? Yeah, I would say around, yeah, between five, 5.30 is when I start to try to figure out what we're doing for dinner. Our dinner routine's still a little loosey-goosey. Still, it always has been. We've never had very structured mealtimes. So we all eat around the same time, but it's a bit of a hodgepodge, which isn't really... Sometimes I'm like, oh, we should cook this big dinner and all sit down. And that's... No, but I, I don't even want that at the end of the day. It just looks cute. Or I feel like I've heard a narrative that like family dinner times are this like sacred time for people. No, just eat food. I don't even care where you eat it. Just eat it and let's move on. We are dinner time people at our you, house. You're yeah. like, you guys sit down. There's we do. a whole thing. I yeah. When I just thinking about it, I'm like, I don't, we've tried it and I shoveled, I eat my food in like two seconds. I don't. And then I'm just staring at them. 
Oh, my kids will eat for like an hour and we, yeah. No, I think because I want to move on to the next thing. And so do they, we want to go on a walk. We want to go, there's a little park next to us where other kids go. We're just, dinner is something we have to do. This is something Joe and I joke about. Alex is not a food person. If we go to her house, it's always like in our minds of we should probably eat beforehand because food is not a concern for her where it's always a concern for me. Yeah, people come over and I'm like, ah, we have a PBR in the fridge and some oyster crackers. So if you want any of that, go to town. It's awesome. Thank you again for sharing. You're so honest and it's amazing. And this is going to be a benefit to so many people listening because You mentioned twice just this outside expectation, first with the Montessori playing independent quiet and idyllic. And then you mentioned dinner, like sitting around the dinner table, like this vision. Mm -hmm. And then it's reality. That's not who your family is. It's it you it you like to be on the go, you like to be doing things. It's coming to that reckoning of that's just not who we are. Other people, that's what fills their cup. But for you, you'd rather eat quickly so you can go to the park. And that's just who your family is. And so I love that you've already just you've moved on. You're like, no, that's just not who we are. (laughs) Yeah. I would say even lunch is really more I pack it, like I have their lunch here and they're gonna eat it in the car. Like we're not gonna sit down and do a whole lunch. I just pass it back and they eat it as we're on to our next location. Oh my God. And this goes into whether or not you believe in the human design or not. For me, I need such periods of calm, restorative, sitting still in between activities. If I go from activity to activity, mm-hmm. I become a hot mess. Like I I, un- I unravel like a kid who's about to throw a tantrum as an adult. But you realize for you and your family, that's what works best for you. So finding that rhythm and routine. And that's so great. And also, I love that confessional that you that video confessional you sent Lacey about how things weren't really unfolding the way you'd been. <laughs> And you weren't really quite sure. So I definitely want to get to that. But before we do that, what do you feel is working well now that you've been home for three weeks? It sounds like you've figured out tapping into the activities. What do you, what else with home management is running smoothly? I would still say generally the house is still staying like pretty clean. The yard is looking great. Like generally everything still, I think to the outside eye is looking like it was. I'm trying to think. We're not getting some projects we envisioned like having done, but that's also fine. But I would say the like activity room, I did not anticipate how insane arts and crafts time was going to be with the kids. Glue is everywhere. Why is the glue (laughs) everywhere? I was even a teacher. I should have expected the glue would be everywhere. I remember kids in reflection, like pouring glue on their hands and peeling it. It took me back. I was like, oh yeah, like glue sucks. (laughs) I forgot. Birdie just likes to cut tiny shards of paper and throw them around. And I was like, why is this a thing that we do? I thought we were going to make a letter and glue (laughs) shapes to the letter, but instead we're just cutting little pieces of paper and throwing them around. Okay. So we're learning arts and crafts. God, I don't, And I'm thinking back to the arts and crafts her teacher would send home with her where the teacher clearly cut everything out for them and had, it was like very minimal effort on the kids' parts. And now I'm like, oh, this is why. This is what would have happened if you had them cutting out their own ladybug shape and they're going to get the glue on their own. 
arts and crafts room is becoming a bit of a dread and starting to avoid it, which I don't love. I need to figure out what are the age appropriate projects that we can work on. And then how can it run more independently without me putting everything away, zipping it up, making sure it goes back in the right spot. I know people do this. They like teach their kids how to do these things. I just don't know how they teach their kids to do them. We've gotten them to put dishes back in the sink. And I feel like that's great. Awesome. Because yeah, having them home, you go through so many more dishes than I ever imagined. What other areas besides the activity room, what other areas do you feel are draining your energy? Because we come and go a lot today, we're going to the Y, we're going to my son's last day of school picnic. We'll go to the Y again later today. There's just a lot of coming and going, the getting ready and then unpacking and getting stuff back where it goes from all of these trips and just the cleanliness of my car, which has never been a clean car, but it's getting even a little bit crazier because they want to bring toys with them everywhere we go, or they've got different snacks everywhere. The coming and going from the house is becoming a lot of stuff is piling up near the door, which I don't love. Yeah, we don't have like a clear system yet for how we get ready to leave and then how we get it all in the car. When we get home, how do we then get everything out, get back in the house, put things where they need to go until our next trip kind of a thing. And what of the two things, dreading the activity room and then what you just described with the coming and going, not having a system, of those two, which one is draining your energy more? Probably the coming and going because that I don't avoid. That's like a part of our life that I will not give up is like leaving the house and doing things. Activity room, I can shut the door and pretend like it's not there. You know what I mean? We can do Alex it. loves shutting a door. Yeah. Loves shutting a door. We can pivot and plan something else to do. I just would hate for that room to not get used the way that we had envisioned it because, yeah, it would just be lovely, again, to have them have that space for those kind of activities and not have it slowly trickle into other areas of the house. You're a business owner who cares more about people than profits, although you still want to make some money, of course. And that can feel mighty lonely. That's why I created Feminist Founders, a podcast that explores how to build a more equitable world through entrepreneurship. I'm Becky Mollenkamp, a coach and journalist, and I'm excited to bring you stories of people who, like you and me, are trying to change the business landscape for good. Check out Feminist Founders wherever you listen to podcasts. Going on to the coming and going, with the car and the activities. Can you give me an idea of what items, just start rattling off like today, what items are going out and coming back in with you? Yeah. Some of it is typical kind of diaper bag stuff. I need to make sure we've got pull-ups for the two-year-old, wipes for the two-year-old, extra clothes in case we get muddy or puddle jumping, whatever things they get into, lots of snacks, because again, sometimes we are going from one place to a whole other place. We aren't going back home each time. Sometimes we're leaving at nine and I've got a plan for, okay, we've got to eat a snack in an hour, probably another snack an hour after that, and then a lunch. So there's like food containers. Usually they're two water bottles. I've got to make sure we have and then depending on where we're going, have to put like a stroller somewhere. 
And then again, depending on where we're going, maybe a picnic blanket or something chairs for them to sit on where we're going to be. If we're going to the nature center, I usually bring sand toys because there's big sandboxes there. All the things you would need to bring for a couple hours out with kids. And then sometimes just depending on the activity that we're going to, like toys or seating accessories for those as well. I would say those are the biggest things. And then right now, because of the season, again, we're starting off the mornings are cold, then it's getting hot. So sometimes we're in warmer clothes when we leave and I have to plan for a swimsuit and shorts later. So sometimes it's just a lot of, okay, what is today going to look like and trying to figure it all out. And do you have for the diaper bag, do you have a defined diaper bag that you use? Yes. we. It's like a giant hiking backpack at this point because a diaper bag was just not cutting it. We needed more space. Perfect. And in the bag, is everything thrown in loose or do you have defined bags within the hiking bag? I It changes. I do have those mesh Ziploc bags that I'll usually keep diapers, wipes, and spare clothes in. Sometimes the spare clothes one though, because I'm again, washing clothes, that one doesn't always make it back in. And so sometimes I'm just throwing that stuff in there. And then the food is usually in like a a little bento box guy. And then for the sand toys or the non-sand toys, do those have a carrier of some kind, a basket, a tote, something to find? They sometimes too, sometimes don't. The sand toys do. They're in like just, again, a mesh bag that the sand can fall out of. But we have a sandbox at home. So sometimes things are just getting moved around a bit there. But in theory, they're in a beach mesh bag. In theory. I feel like parenting is mostly in theory. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Sometimes they're there. Sometimes they're not. Yeah. But also used at home. And then then if you have the extra clothes, does that go in the hiking bag or do you have a separate clothes bag? Yeah. Again, sometimes if I'm have the time, I'll grab one of those like Ziploc mesh bags. I even have one. I don't have it with me because I dropped it off in the daycare center downstairs. But but yeah, if I have a little time, I'll go upstairs and grab one of the mesh bags and put it in there just to make it yeah easier for when I'm grabbing in. But that's sometimes happens, sometimes doesn't. And then when you come in and out of your house, where is your transition zone? What's the main door that you use? Yeah. So we usually come in the back door and in there is like a mud room, but it's really more of just a hallway. It's not like there's room for like cubbies in there. We have some hooks. So I do put hats and jackets on the hooks as you come in, but really then things just get set in the dining room, which is the next room right after that. So I just end up setting things in there, which I hate because then you're like tripping over them. It's like on the way between the kitchen and our living room. So it's not like it's ideal for things to just be sitting there because, yeah, they just get tripped over. They don't love it aesthetically in general. Now, I would say if we were to come in like the front door, there's a little more space in what like our entryway, but I haven't designed anything or really thought about there's like a coat hanger that like jackets will go on there but that probably is a space that could be better utilized for coming and going organization when I think about I just haven't thought 
that space through in that way. But I'm wondering flow of traffic, the front door, is that make sense for where you park and where you normally go in and out? No, we don't like, unless we're just going on a little walk around the neighborhood, we don't use the front door to come and go. We park in the driveway that goes behind our house and then come and go through the back, which we do have a deck that you walk on, but there's nothing on it that's like waterproof to store like their stuff in. Again, that could be something, it could be a better utilized area possibly for that, but I don't even know what that would, what would keep things safe that would be out on the deck that wouldn't also take up a ton of room because it's not, it's a decent sized deck, but it's got like furniture and other stuff that takes up most of that area. When you were going to work full time, the kids were going to daycare full time, your transitions were much more defined. Now that you have this new pattern in your life, Mm -hmm. transition, that transition category is much higher, right? And so what I see for supporting this frustration point for you is actually really building out the transition situation. Mm -hmm. The front door, I don't love that for you, even though there is more space there, it doesn't make sense logistically for you to come in the back door, walk to the front door. Yeah. It would be like you go through two kid gates and now if you're already hearing like a kid and stuff, I'm not trying to knock things off my walls as I'm getting. No, that doesn't. And the back deck doesn't make sense for your bag because there's going to be food items or what need to go in the laundry. So that That doesn't make sense. It does make sense for things like the toys, like you could have a drop zone for the truly outdoor okay item. I would love to figure out a solution for you where it's not getting dropped in the dining room and yet it is a designated transition space. So is there anything that could be repurposed, reassigned in the, so you walk in the back door and then Mm -hmm. you said it's a hallway and then you walk into the kitchen you walk in and there's you're in the dining room after that, but you just turn right and the kitchen is immediately there with no like hallway, it's just a doorway and then you're in the kitchen. And there is a space we currently just keep like laundry. Lacey, it's like what you have, like the laundry bins that are mm-hmm. like hanging, which my husband hates so much that those are there. So he'd probably happily trade those things for a more organized. Yeah. And I love, I would, yeah, that'd be great if you could do two birds with one stone, because I really want that bag that you're talking about to actually be in the kitchen because you said your laundry is right there in the kitchen, correct? Mm -hmm. And then your, your bat, your thing of snacks needs to be unloaded in the kitchen. Mm -hmm. Your water bottles need to be loaded in the kitchen. Like all of that happens in the kitchen. So if you're talking about traffic patterns and traffic flows, the sand toys don't need to come in. The regular toys don't need to, the regular toys actually do need to come in, but the sand toys, the stroller, those things, additional seating, you could figure out a home for those on the deck. Those don't need to come in. Yeah. Most of those. Yeah. I'm just getting them out of my car unless they can stay in the car for something in the future. But yeah, usually I'm taking them out and just setting them next to the deck, which is a fine method for me. I don't have like fancy strollers that need to be. That is a question I had of, is there anything that can just stay in the car or is there organization in the car that you could have that be a place where things live? Cause it, 
Sounds like the flow mm-hmm. is you guys leave and go to the car a lot of times. Yeah, we are in the car a lot. So I don't hate the idea of there being some storage system in the car for things like pull-ups, spare clothes, things that I know just have to come with us, but we may not even use Yeah, every time that we're out. But I still have to think about it actively Absolutely. every time I'm packing the bag. So there's definitely room to think through what the car could just keep. What, um, what kind of vehicle, like in the back where you're storing? Mm-hmm. Are we talking like a hatchback, a trunk? What kind of space? It's it's pretty large. It's a Kia Telluride. So it's got three rows, but normally the third row we keep down. Unless my son, unless we're all riding every single family member, then we keep, it's like where you can have half of the seats up and the other half down. And so there's plenty of room back there most of the time. Now we do, if we're going camping or going out to our cabin, we have to jam a lot of stuff back there. So I wouldn't say there's room for a ton of things to like always stay in the car, but like a sturdy box or like something that's the size of, I don't like a little more than a foot by a foot, you know, stay in the car. Yeah, I'm just writing a note. Rigid pop-up basket. So yes, so there might be things. other things out there that I'm not thinking. Something that hangs. Oh, I don't know, but yeah, there's so a couple no of room for a small amount of stuff that could just be like there. A couple of thoughts. One is yes, when you're talking about your day-to-day transition of what can live in the car, that is that's one mindset. And when you're going camping or to your cabin or traveling. It's really a different mindset for the car, right? So yeah, whatever solution we talk about, it's for the Monday through Friday coming and going. Mm -hmm. And then you will have to, you will have to take that out and readjust for your other trips. There's a family in our community and I'd never seen before. You open up the back of their SUV and there's this sort of shelf system. So she can put her stroller, like there's like almost cubbies so you can yeah. maximize the height. And so, cause she's got three kids and always coming and going. So yeah, she's got her diaper bag. She's got her stroller. She's got her, what she needs. So I can actually look into, and these are things that already exist. You just put them in your car. So that yeah. might help maximize your space. And then I was envisioning for the, there's these baskets. I don't know exactly what they're called. They have a rigid top. And then they have like handles and then they actually have more of a cloth. It's not cloth. There's a little bit of rigidity, but you can pop them up and down. But if you had a system where you were coming and going and it's, you've got your stroller, you've got your diaper bag, and then you have these three pop-up bags Mm -hmm. and it's like, okay, are we going to the sand place? Okay. This pop-up bag needs to have the swimsuit, the towel, the sand toys. And so if you're not going any place with water, then you don't need that one. Mm-hmm. Okay. You have your second one for if we're going to the nature center, we need the chair stuff, the blank, you know, and that goes in that pop-up bag, but each one is like ready to go. Mm-hmm. So those are things that don't need to necessarily go into the kitchen. Like mm-hmm. those would just be things that could live in the car. And then for coming into the kitchen with the diaper bag, and we established the items that need to be turned over, the food items, the water bottles, restocking the diaper, the wipes, and the clothes. 
Almost like we were saying with the activities room, it's having that clear, and you could get your kids to help you with this. Mm-hmm. Having that clear, the diaper bag always needs to have this and this. And getting into the habit of before you leave the house, let's check to make sure this bag has a clean outfit. Let's make sure this bag. And if you get the, if you get the littles into that routine and give them ownership, this is your water bottle. Does it have water in it? And then make them part of the process. How does, I know that sounds overwhelming with two little ones, but could you imagine finding one bite-sized task for them to have ownership over? Does that, how yeah, does that feel? Yeah, I think if they knew where their stuff was, right? Yeah, if we had the, this, here's your where your clothes are, here's where your shoes and socks always are. Like Bernie's very happy to go and get things or fill up a water bottle the two-year-old could struggle with a water bottle. It sounds like it'll just turn into a game that could get a little risky. Could she, could she go and find a pull-up or a diaper? Could she um, go in and go? theory, yes, if we had a designated spot for those, then okay. she probably yeah. could. Okay, so maybe at this stage, maybe it's more of giving the four-year-old some ownership and the two-year-old just keeping her from making more chaos before you get out the door. Yeah, I want to say Babs could with, but we'd have to make sure that we're keeping things in the same spot so that, which I, yeah, we, again, there's always pull-ups in her room. They just get like set in different spots. So I could see her just being like, where are they? Sarah and I are hard at work in creating the Home CEO course. If you are interested in the Home CEO course and potentially being one of our founding members, you can go to noshameinthehomegame.com, home CEO, and sign up for the waitlist to be notified as soon as it goes on sale. That's noshameinthehomegame.com backslash home CEO. I keep track of so many different things, whether it's from the middle, no shame in the home game, all of the different business ventures that are part of those things. And I also keep track of a lot of things in our household from things that we need to repair and do and flows, all of that stuff. And the thing that I use to do all of that is Notion. Notion is this amazing blank slate where you build your own app and database depending on what you need. They have some amazing templates to help you get started. But once you get in there and start using it, you see how things work and come together. And it is magic and easy and beautiful. It's like a to-do list meets a database with workflows. And then you can even get AI right into Notion to help you come up with words when words are hard, because let's be honest, they are. We have a link for Notion to help you potentially. If you go to noshameinthehomegame.com backslash N-O-T-I-O-N, you can get a link into Notion and potentially sign up for a plan. They do have free plans and paid plans. If anything, go get a free plan because it is so cool and you'll fall in love like me and become a notion advocate. That space you're talking about where the laundry baskets are, you mm-hmm. said they're hanging. Are they hanging on the wall? It's like a metal rack with wheels on it. That's probably like hip height and it's got four hanging cloth bags. And that is all the laundry. Because your bedrooms are upstairs and your son is going to be in the basement. 
Is the dirty, how is the laundry, what's the traffic flow of the laundry getting to those bins? So that is mostly where clean laundry goes. So pretty much if you have dirty laundry, do not bring it to the kitchen unless the washer is empty. When you bring it into the kitchen, just put it all in the washer and then take your bin back to your room is how this works in theory. It And it does really work this way most of the time because I bought those bins because I was so tired or the bags, just tired of the dirty laundry sitting in like a heap outside of the cabinets where the washer and dryer are. So there's really no sitting of dirty laundry anymore. And then once the dryer is done, then I fold them and put them in the bags. And then those just get carried once they're full to the room and then put away. So yeah, okay. there's just clean laundry sitting in them most of the time. And each bag is a different person's stuff. Oh, okay. Right. So, so four- one is for the girls' rooms, one is for Atticus's, and then one is for me and Lee, the thing. And how was that part working? The clean bags, getting it to the room and then getting the clean bag back. Those work pretty well. I like them better. I mean, because big laundry bins, again, sometimes walking up like a thousand stairs to get to the third floor and like carrying a giant plastic laundry bin was just such a pain that having a two handled cloth bag was a lot nicer. But my husband definitely hates those sitting because the door to the basement is also right there. So like there, you have to wheel it away to open the door all the way to get in the basement. Okay. Open to get to basement. Yeah. Cause it's probably, I want to say five foot area between the last kitchen cabinet and the basement door. It's about five feet. So you can open the door and still have two feet left of space. Do you fold, do you, as you fold it and put it in, do does each bag like fill up like over time? Do you fill up pretty quickly. There's a lot of laundry, but okay. Uh, I try to do like me and Lee's stuff one day, the girl's stuff the next, but I'm not all putting, I'm usually putting it all away in the same day or two. Okay. Okay. Maybe if you could send me a picture of that space and the washer and dryer is in a closet and you said it's like in a closet. Is that right? Yeah. It's in a, just a stacked cabinet. So you open two doors up top and the dryers in there, two doors below and that's the washer. Okay. So in, in envisioning where the diaper bag could go for a transition zone, are all the cat, all the countertops are designated with food prep items and there's a big coffee area that takes up a big chunk of part of the counter. And other than that, I think there's just like the paper towels on one part. And then there's artwork that takes up a lot of my counter space, not kid artwork, like purposeful sculptures that I enjoy. I don't care for the counter space being used to like house appliances. I like to look at very nice clean counters with just like pops of pretty things. It's a choice. I realize this. What else is, what else you said stuff is getting dropped in the dining room. Here's one other spot that comes to mind. So in our dining room, we have a built-in old butler's pantry that on the top of it is like glass cabinets you open and then you clearly see through it. So that's where we have like our kitchen or like our wedding. I don't want to call it China because that makes it sound like super fancy, but like our nicer plates and cups and things that I like displayed. The bottom is 
just wood cabinets that inside is just, it's been used without being well thought out to, there's a box full of wires. (laughs) It's something my husband, I don't know. He collects wires. I don't know. I don't ask. I said, that's where you can put the wires. Computer engineer. So that makes yeah, sense. And, and maybe wires isn't even the right word for what's but. in those boxes, but stuff. <laughs> and like I have a camera bag in there that's I'm not getting that out all the time. I just wanted it out of the way. So it doesn't even need to be there. It just became the spot I put it in like some old laptops. There is not a purpose well thought out thing for this cabinet, but it really is now that I'm thinking about it, sitting right where we're throwing crap that we use every day, like the diaper bag or the shoes or the whatevers. And so in theory, that space could be used a lot better for transitions. And it's cabinets for kids to open and shut. And it's a pretty, they're pretty deep. So that's probably better than the kitchen. Just for me, aesthetically, wanting that stuff not to be like, on my counters or like messing up my color schemes in the kitchen kind of a thing. Yeah. So you said there are hooks right when you walk in. Yeah. So so that's where jackets and hats go. But couldn't the diaper bag in theory hang there? It could. They're they're not built for the heaviest of items. So that is my only concern with that spot is that just the way they're played. They're more for just light like a hat jacket. We had some heavier stuff on them and they started to come out of the wall. So uh-huh. even if we utilize those, that old Butler's pantry mm-hmm. for, I love the idea of you have these designated, we're going to come up with a list of categories of what you need every time you go in and out. And you're going to keep the back supply of extra wipes, extra, clo- like all the extras, but the actual bag itself, where would that go? Yeah. Right now I put it at a chair at the dining room table. So it's not like it has a designated hook. There is the, we do sometimes put it on the coat hanger that sits in the front, but that is an extra trip. So that's why I tend to just put it on the dining room like chair. Now in theory, there could be, there is a much sturdier wall in the mudroom that I could put a hook into that's not on the same spot as our other hooks. I'd have to look at it just to make sure. Again, it's a pretty thin hallway. So I just have to look again to make sure there would be enough room after hanging it to still like easily move through that space. And my thought would be it wouldn't be hanging full because you need to empty that out, clean out Mm -hmm. the stuff, restock it. It's more of a like, where do you put the actual bag? And I would suggest putting it at a level that the girls, at least your four-year-old could help you get mm-hmm. the bag, help stock it up. And then each, okay, I've got a vision. I know we're coming up on the end of our time here. I do have some homework ideas that I want to write down for you. Mm-hmm. And then I would like to see some pictures of these spaces so I can come up with some product ideas. So I will send you, I'll get, I'm going to type up an email with some clarification. Okay. And then from that, so we're taking all this information And then we're just going to, we're going to distill it down. And so it's going to be very clear and straightforward. And then from that, I'll offer the, the, some product ideas, some solutions, and then you get to dry test fit them and see what feels good and what works. Okay. And then, yeah. And then we'll go from there. How does that sound? That sounds great. Basically, like you, you've already said, so for our listeners, 
you have a new flow traffic flow pattern. You have new commitments. You have new, it's a lot, new, a lot of new. Mm-hmm. And with this new is a need for new systems. Yeah. You're every, things are just different in so many areas. And so it's just then going, okay, this is not what it was. Okay. What do we need for this? You really need new products, new tools, new ways of approaching. Yeah. It used to just be, I needed my laptop in my lunch for the day. And then it was just getting the girls out. They needed nothing else but their bodies at daycare. Yeah. It's been a bit. Yeah. And (laughs) this to loop this all back to the course that this is based on, which is the home CEO course, what we're talking about here is actually workflows, mm-hmm. which is why I was really getting into the transitions because you have multiple transitions and they're not as simple as they used to be. There is more layers to it. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's actually like within a workflow, you have several sub workflows <laughs> and each one needs different, different tools and different tasks. So what we want to do is minimize the number of tasks that can be repeated within the workflows to reduce the mental strain every time you're coming and going from the house mm-hmm. so that it becomes more automated. Because right now it feels like you're almost reinventing the wheel every time you leave the house. <laughs> yeah, I definitely, it's not like I have a written down checklist. So it really is, what if this happens? Do I have something for that? Yes. And what we want to do is just make it automated. This is why your home is an organization because are you familiar with SOP, standard operating procedures? Oh, Yeah. <laughs> Wait, this is an SOP for your house. Mm -hmm. If you're going someplace with water, what's the SOP? If you're going to a nature center, what's that? What do you need for those things? And it's really just making it as less taxing on your brain as possible. If it's Mm -hmm. already written out, it's already known, and you already know exactly if we can read if we can reassign that butler's pantry. I need these items here. I need these items here. And it just becomes, it's not chasing it down. It's okay. I'm going to, I'm going to have to reach in here five times a week. I need to have it stocked here, not on the second and third floor. Not in the Butler's pantry. It's at their level. So it really lends a little bit better to, yeah. Saying birdie, go get the bug spray and the sunscreen out of there instead of right now, like certain things are in the bathroom, like up on a shelf. That's like me or Lee or oldest son has to go grab a big chunk of those things. And we can put that label maker to real good use (laughs) and have all of those like categories all really well assigned. This is awesome. I'm super excited. Can you hear the excitement in my voice when I start talking really fast and I start using my hands? Because I'm like, there's a solution. Like, I love how you unlocked it with, oh, we have this butler's pantry. I'm like, Yes, that's what it is. It's that. It's right. You walk by. I know. I don't even think about it because, again, it's just become this crap storage area that, like, we do, we put stuff we don't use ever. So I don't even think about it existing. Really, and every house has a crap storage area, and what happens is they become forgotten about, and they become graveyards most of the time. Mm-hmm. Which is fine. We all have those, but put your graveyard someplace where it's not used prime transition real estate. And maybe you go through those items and get rid of some, or maybe you simply just schlep it to a whole new graveyard. It could all know. go in the basement. There's no reason it's up yes. at this point. Oh my gosh, victory. The oh. wires don't need to be in the dining room. The wires. I love, this is like when Lacey told me when I asked her what her husband did and she goes, 
science. He does science. <laughs> and I feel like with you saying these are wires, your husband's going to be like, they're not wires. It's blah, 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 blah. I know. His brother, his oldest brother has a whole room dedicated to wires. So <laughs> honestly, I feel good. We've limited to a box that I can hide. We also, now that you say that, they're not just, they are wires, but yes, we have a whole collection, my husband, of different adapters and wires and connectors and they HDMI do cables. Yes. Yeah, they all have a bit. Yeah, it's not like just a bunch of wires on a ribbon holder. I know they are more tool related than that, but wires. Yes. We are going to reclaim that space Mm -hmm. to be more utilized, to make your life easier. So every transition is just more effortless. Thank you so much for sharing journey with us and the listeners. I appreciate it. Yeah. Hopefully people are deeply disturbed by my family mealtime routines. They are. It's their problem, not yours. (laughs) Let's remember the name of this podcast. There is No no shame. There's no shame. Your kids are being fed. They're loved. They're active. It doesn't matter how that food gets in the pie hole. It, your family is together, just not sitting at the table. You're yeah. you're always moving. I think your family is always moving. <laughs> we are always moving. Yeah. The perpetual motion family. So yeah. no, there's no shame. No shame at all. Thank you so much again. I appreciate Whoa. it. And we'll be in touch soon. All right. Thanks, everybody. Alex. Bye, Bye, Alex. That was the second episode of our participant, Alex. And we will be concluding with Alex in a few weeks with her third episode. So stick around if you want to hear some more about her journey. And at the end of every episode, Lacey and I like to take a moment for our moment of gratitude to be thankful and just amongst all the chaos and the craziness and the unexpected crap hitting the fan. What <laughs> can we be? I was going to say the S word, but I actually know some friends who, who are letting their kids listen to the show. Oh, so I'm trying not to swear. So when the proverbial crap hits the fan, <laughs> what can we be thankful for? See, what are you thankful for today? I am thankful for the loving and involved grandparents in my kid's life. Both my parents and Joe's parents, my kids spent time with both of them this weekend. My parents came here and my kids had so much fun and they went over yesterday to Joe's parents' house and they just had this moment yesterday where I was just like, oh, what a gift it is to have loving, involved, active grandparents for them to spend time with. I know it gives the kids a lot of joy. It gives us a lot of relief. So there, there's that as well. But I just, I am so thankful for that. And I know how rare it really is to have those healthy, loving grandparents in, in our lives. I'm so glad that you have that and that your kids have that. And mm-hmm. that is beautiful. I love yeah. that. And they're nearby enough that we do. We see them regularly and that it is beautiful. And there was a period of time where Joe and I talked about maybe moving away and doing different things. But because people don't think of Cincinnati as this great place to live. It's the middle of the nowhere thing. But man, I love living here. We made the choice to stay here. And our our support network and those grandparents is a big part of that. Just thankful for that. 
That's so wonderful. I love that. Mm -hmm. on, it's, it, mine's kind of on the same vein of that whole, it takes a village to raise a child, which yeah. is, I'm thankful for my neighbors. I have amazing neighbors. And actually later today, I'm going to go feed the cat of one of my neighbors and let dogs out of another neighbor because that's the type of neighbors we have where we can yes. just ask to help with things like that. And my son knows our neighbors and some of them we know better than others, but I just always think about, wow, when you buy a house, you don't know who your neighbors are going to be. You don't get to, you don't get to know how those relationships are going to unfold. And so I think how lucky I am because you cannot plan, <laughs> you cannot plan that for anything, but it's really shaped our life and our community. And I got, yeah, I have some rock star neighbors and I'm just, I'm so thankful for, for I do have experience. to say to have good neighbors, you have to be a good neighbor and yes. it does take time and work. Like Joe and I actually have lovely neighbors. We are lazy about creating those relationships. So as you're talking, I'm like, man, we could have great neighbors and we do. We just don't have those close relationships because we don't make them happen. So kudos to you and that you are a good neighbor and you have made this happen. I was actually teaching my son about what does it mean to be a good neighbor? And we talked about different ideas and what that looks like. And he's actually pulling weeds for a neighbor as just a kindness. And yeah, I was telling him just what you said. It, it Somebody has to start the ball rolling and there's mm -hmm. no right way or wrong way. We actually met one of our neighbors and we brought them cookies and the wife, she's so sweet. She's like, oh, did you just move in? When did you move in? And I'm like, seven years ago. It's never too late to meet a neighbor. In all fairness, they spend half the year in another state. So the, the time window is a little bit cut down. But yeah, I was like, yeah, why not meet them? And like the husband was so nice. He's like, if you ever need help with anything, I was like, well, I will take you up on that. So grandparents and neighbors and being thankful for all those choices. You made a choice yes. to stay close to your parents and absolutely I made choices to engage with my neighbors and we can uh, always find something to be thankful for. Absolutely. Thank you, Sarah. I feel really good about my gratitude today now. I was going to say I'm going to go out and be a better neighbor, but I'm not. So I'm not going to pretend. Again, with the whole theme of the show, like, and that's okay. That's just where yeah. your energy buckets are right now. And mm -hmm. when the different stage in your life, it might look differently. And that's okay. Like, it's okay. When you've got two little toddlers, that's, yeah, that's a different stage. I'm not at that stage. Still, thank you, Sarah. You're welcome, Lacey. You usually say thank you, Lacey. It's fine. You don't have to, but you usually say thank you, Lacey. Take two. Thanks, Lacey. Oh, I love it. I love it. I love it. Thanks for listening to No Shame in the Home Game. We hope you can take a little nugget of goodness to use in your own home. Remember to subscribe to the podcast in the player of your choice, like us on social media, rate and review, and share us with all of your friends and maybe a couple of non-friends if you want. You can always visit joyfulsupportmovement.com to learn more about No Shame in the Home Game and other Joyful Support podcasts. While you're there, you can join the newsletter or sign up for the Joyful Support Village. Now go out there and spread some joy.